Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And welcome to White Wine Question Time. Now, this week, I'm joined by two of my closest friends whose story I cannot wait to share and explore with you. There's for me, is a love story I was lucky enough to watch unfold all the way to the altar in 2013, where they said, I do, under a Portuguese sun. They met when they were both drinking way too much and having way too many late nights. But they've changed that for the sake of their relationship and are now both eight years sober and their lives could not be in a better place. In just seven years, he's gone from working at Stringfellows to a dramatic rise to fame in the global art market where today his work sells for up to a million pounds apiece. He's been commissioned to paint stars including Charlie Sheen, Al Pacino and Sir Michael Caine despite the fact that his work was refused initially by 93 galleries. She, on the other hand, is an award-winning, critically acclaimed actress, a loose woman panellist, an author and a mental health activist who has done so much to open the conversation around depression and addiction. What they've achieved together in their eight years, both personally and professionally, is beyond impressive. I'm not going to attempt to cover it off in an intro because they do it so much better. Denise Welsh and Lincoln Townley, welcome to the show. Thank you very Thank much. You, what Kate. a lovely introduction. Great. When you hear it back like that, well, I know it's it's nuts, right, Den? Can... It is nuts. It's when I hear Lincoln's because it be, because it's true, but it is only seven years. Seven, Link. When we when I first met you, you I mean, painting wasn't even in your world. I'd always painted. I painted since I was a child. My grandfather taught me how to paint, and I used it during my life. And when I was in my late thirties, I used it in a cathartic way of expressing the way I felt about the environment I was in. Because, you know, as you mentioned in the intro, we we met under, uh, you know, completely different circumstances than I would say many people that I know have met their partner in. You know, so it's it was it was you know a very addictive time in my life and we um, met at six in the morning in a nightclub in Holborn where, Jet where, Black. where we sit We're literally down the road from Jet Black it, yeah, yeah Jet, Jet Black. Black see Denise always used to know like when all of the other nightclubs <laughs> shut <laughs> Denise would always know the ones that were still going mm-hmm. 
And so I'd often wave you goodbye at around 1 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then I'd see her the next morning at work. And she'd just come straight in from being out. God, mm. it makes me feel. <laughs> now, when, when you your name started to appear, we knew that this was something different, that there was something special here. But it felt like possibly the right people were meeting at arguably the wrong time. And could you understand why people might have been concerned that that was the case? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, my so. friends were concerned. I'd come out of a very public marriage and a very public breakdown. Mm. And um, obviously there is always going to be, your friends are going to look out for who they think your next partner is. And when you meet in such auspicious circumstances at six o'clock in the morning with someone who works in an inverted commas, the adult entertainment industry, yeah. as PR and marketing manager for a lap dancing club, <laughs> it's going to raise a few, it's going to raise a few eyebrows. You know, and of course, down the line, I realized that there was also, unfortunately, you know, someone who was also creating more stories and selling stories to the press around all that. So it wasn't a great start. But what's amazing is, and there's not a day goes by that sometimes we don't look at each other and think, who would have, on paper, nobody would have ever had us being here happily married. And then look at what's come. I suppose for the, for the listeners, you were the first to go sober. Let's explain that first. So you'd carried on drinking. You were you were kind of. Yeah. You, you were I mean, I knew people, I knew I needed I knew I needed to make the change. I knew, I knew you know I was I was in a very I was in a very dark place. You know, it's, um, I I look at it that uh, the only good thing that came out of it was my relationship with Denise. Mm. That's how that's how that's where it got to. I mean, I, you know, I, don't get me wrong. I had, I had a lot of fun in Soho. I can't deny that. And. And I, I work with Peter Stringfellow, who I've missed, you know, dearly, who was like a father figure to, figure to me. And, I, and I, don't, I, don't see, I don't see it being a time which I don't look back on and cherish those moments, but there were some very dark times. Mm-hmm. I knew the man I was, and one of the things that I got to at the time of meeting Denise, I met somebody that I felt was looking at me and saying, there's something good about this guy. I knew that Denise was a really decent person, you know, and, and that's that's one of the things that I knew very early. And I think that she saw something in me that I felt that um, that other people, you know, uh, Peter Stringfellow said to me, can you imagine one day, um, a year before I left the club, or should I say he sacked me, because he had to sack me in the end because of what I was getting up to. He said, oh, you know, my license at the my license at the club is going to be provoked if I don't get rid of you. I've got to sack you, Lincoln, and you're sacked. And that was it. So and he I, cared so, about you as a person. Yeah, so yeah. much so. He gave wow. me so many warnings, and it was, it was very, what very hard. What were you doing hard. that was so wrong then, Link? Uh, I was doing uh, drugs on site. You know, I was uh, cocaine was my drug, and I used to drink, and they used to do cocaine in my office at Stringfellows. And he found out about these things, and you he said no. You weren't supposed to fraternise with the girls as much as you did. No, not at all, not at all. You know, I mean, it, it, he knew that was going on outside the club, but he never used to pull me up on it. So yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was getting involved in a lot so of things that I shouldn't have done. A real act of friendship on his part. It must have felt like a he lo- a, yeah. A, a I felt a love, love. I felt a love from him. I do from all the guys there. So I, I kept the kept the um, the relationship, and I and actually. Actually, I um, I saw a lot of good in Peter letting me go because it, it's I I wanted to look. And this was at around the time that you and Dennis. Well, yeah, because he you, didn't you tell me together. he'd been sacked. He told yeah. me he'd left. Yeah. Lincoln told me he'd left. Yeah, but that's what addicts do. They lie. Yeah, you know, yeah. addicts. Addicts also, want, to, from want to tell you the good things. From yeah. Lincoln's point, from, from, in Lincoln's life, you know, we were both in a dark place, but for different reasons. Because w- w- with Lincoln's life, even though obviously, you know, as you can see, he'd, he'd 
there were some fun times, but his life was very nocturnal. Mm. So, you know, he was he didn't finish at the club till maybe three and then his party would start. So again, you're flipping day into night and, yeah. you know, there's a lot of people on your coattails to party and Lincoln would say that they'd go to um, Dean Street where they all hung out and it was like, yeah, here's Lincoln, he's got the booze, he's got the drugs, he's got the girls, now we can all party and, you know, there was a pressure, on, like there was on me to an extent of, here's Den, you know, let's she'll all, be out get, all she'll, night with she'll us. be out all night with us and not that that's an excuse but it's, you know, it was, and, and then, of course, you get home, and, and, and like with Lincoln, it's like, what am I doing? I believe that um, I believe I um, and many people like me have a hunger inside them. Okay, now you can use that hunger in a in in a bad way. You know, you can use it in a, you know in a very destructive way, or which you can you use it in a creative way. Which you hadn't. Yes, yeah, which I hadn't. And I sat down with Peter Stringfellow for a dinner once. Uh, and the, sh- the short the short end of this story is is that he he put um, he put two knives on the table and he said to me, "This knife here, Link, is is the journey you're on now." He said, "I know you've taken drugs and I know you're drunk." He said, "But." You know, you know where this ends. If you looked at that as a journey, you know where it ends. He said, and this knife over here is the journey of sobriety. He said, and it, this is true, this is something I've never told anyone, but he said, you know, I used to fight with uh, Paul and Jeffrey about their drinking. And so that was Paul Stringfellow and, and, and you know, and, and he said, you know, it's, it's been a constant fight and I see it with you. But you don't know where that sobriety will lead you because it's an unknown road because you haven't taken it. And, and that they were the gems that, that, that he was a businessman and a, and a, and a, and a family man and a, a warm-hearted man that I got to know over many years and realised that he had a love for me in giving me those, uh, those gems, you know, that advice. But there the between, catalyst was basically, you know, and, and I, I have many regrets that I didn't come to it earlier with two children. The press made out that I was a lot worse than I was. You know, I brought up two children and held down jobs and, you know, and, and, and won awards and did all these other things. with. But, but a lot of people think that an alcoholic is someone that wakes up in the morning and moves the fairy liquid out the way and reaches for the gin bottle and, and knocks it back. That's not what it is. It's when you become powerless over alcohol. But the thing with Lincoln and I is that we had, out of all the madness, as we call it, we realized that we had something special. And I did see something else in Lincoln. And um, I knew that he hadn't reached his, I was doing a career that I loved. I knew that he, that he wasn't. And, um, and basically, it was an ultimatum. We fought when we drank. Most people, we know a lot of people, and I'm not being the drink police, because we didn't surround ourselves with sobriety. Most of our friends drink. But most people, who, a lot of people who have great relationships as soon as they drink, that's when it goes to shit. And we see that all the time. And we used to argue and become horrible people to each other when we drank. And it culminated in a horrific night that I thought, I'm not living like this. I'm not living with that person. I love that person. I don't love that person. And it was an ultimatum. And what is unbelievable and apparently this happens in three percent of people in the world lincoln gave up drinking that day so denise said that's it 
enough's enough and you just stop that's an amazing willpower you've, you've demonstrated there yeah. because you were you were in the depths of addiction you know you were absolutely, an all day yeah. every day yeah. kind of guy yeah right? absolutely not like yeah. Dan who was Monday to Wednesday I'm you know I'm, I'm at home having a cup of tea Thursday Friday I'm out out you know, you know yeah. there was alcohol around me there was you know lots of other things and it was one of those um, decisions that needed something like a, to come to a crescendo yeah. to make that decision I I was thinking to myself I need to make a change because I knew I say there's, there's, there's a we were vile people to each other. <clears throat> there was something there that needed to be worked on, but it did take that night for me to change. And I, I continued drinking moderately because I was doing a play. I was doing Steel Magnolias, mm. if you remember. I remember. And I was on tour, so of course, like but any... It was your, it was like your opening night, wasn't yeah, it? Like I, was any, I came to your opening night. Like any addict, addict, I was thinking, well, I'm not as bad as you because, look, I'm doing Steel Magnolias and I'm only having two drinks after the show, of course. Fast forward, um, two months later... It was at Richmond Theatre. And Lincoln said to me that night, he said, look, darling, it's fine. He said, but um, I, I no, I said to him, I remember this, I said to him, if I start getting drunk, just remind me. Well, of course, fast forward, Lincoln came over to me and he said, darling, I know your friend is gay, but you're snogging your gay friend, you're drunk, and the paps are taking pictures through the window. Me, don't you? Uh-uh. Tell me, usual behaviour. And I woke up the next morning in Lincoln's flat that he had then in Kensington. I had smashed the flat up. I had no recollection of this. I was on the front page of a newspaper, leaning over a car, screaming, pointing at him. And um, Lincoln was fully dressed in his suit, going to work. He was working in this other party planning business at the time. And um, I saw on his face, and he said, I can't deal with this. And he came to pick me up at the theatre that night and he said, I don't want you to send... I, 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 would, I had to go and do two shows. Can you imagine how it felt? Anyway, he came to pick me up that night at the theatre and he, and he said, I don't want you to say a word. And he spoke to me all the way back from Richmond to Kensington about how much he loved me, about how the relationship we could have, but that it couldn't coexist with him being sober and that happening. And I never touched a drink and eight years nearly on. That's how it's been. And the proof is in the pudding, of course, that Lincoln's creativity, which would never, ever have resurfaced whilst he was using, now he's the successful artist he is. Well, yeah, your creativity was drunk, so it was never going to come out and do Ooh. the things that it can do now. No, that's, that's right, yeah. That is what's made. So you know, I remember when you you'd both started to straighten yourselves out. Yeah, we were a year sober at our wedding. Is that all it was? Yeah, just a year sober. So we'd, we'd been together probably... Three years by then, and we were mm. sober a year, yeah. something like that. But yeah. you know, when I say we'd been together three years, the first year was chaos. Was secret chaos. It was secret chaos, you know, because I was, although, although as usual, the press said that I was, you know, an adulteress. I actually wasn't. Tim and I had had finished our marriage, but we just hadn't chosen to tell the world yet, yeah. and I wasn't ready to, and therefore I, you know, I was, was very grateful to, watch, you know, I was very mate. grateful to Loose Women, because I felt that I had to take the, I had to take the power back from the press, because the press created their own narrative about me all of the time, and I thought the only way I can redress this is to do it myself. Mm. And your story, Lincoln, is I mean, like you could make a film out of this, and I know you probably because he will never do. intended. He he wasn't the one that thought about being being a professional artist. I don't think that Lincoln, I may be speaking for you, but, you know, Lincoln didn't really know what he was going to do. No. I, I, I was going to L.A. and I was taking my dad for his birthday and I was really wobbly 
and I'd had a really bad time. And it was the first time that Lincoln had seen me actually manifest a full-blown episode of depression. And it was, he was wonderful. And that was important to me because my ex-husband had always, you know, been good to me during periods of depression. And it was very important to me that someone that I loved as much as I did was going to understand and care for me during that time. And and I came back and I'd brought some canvases. And I'd brought, this sounds so ridiculous, we're sitting here where he is now. Yeah. And I'd brought, you know when kids have a little paint thing, like a little easel. Like a, no, not an easel. Like a little thing that a they put palette, their water yeah. color palette. palette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a little color palette, and I brought him some acrylics just because I'd heard people paint with acrylics. I didn't know what they were, and I brought them back, and I went away. And Lu- Lincoln was looking after Louis, who was about ten, mm. and I went away just for a week with my dad to LA, and it was a struggle for me because I, I forced myself to go. Mm. Anyway, I came back from that trip. And the flat that we were renting in between houses mm. was full of these images of how Lincoln saw my depression. And I was, I'd never seen any of his work before. The only work I'd seen is when we were, when we were in the early, um, off the radar time of our relationship and he had a place in Hampstead, I'd gone round there one day and I said, I know nothing about art. I obviously know a bit more now. But what I did recognize was David Hockney, you know, the, fa- the really famous mm. people. And I said to Lincoln, oh, that's a David Hockney. And he said, no, it's mine. And I went, oh, wow. So you like David Hockney, thinking he meant that's mine. I own it. And I said, God, that must be worth a fortune. He said, no, I painted it. And it was the biggest splash. Mm. And I said, hang on a minute, well, I'm saying the David Hockney there. And he went, no, a friend of mine loves David Hockney and I've done a copy of it for him. And you could have knocked me down with a feather. Wow. It was it was unbelievable. Anyway, so that was the first inkling that I had. And that was another layer to this person. Yeah. And um, anyway, the rest is the rest is history. You're, you're, you've fallen in love with this woman. You've, you've, you've cleared your, your life out. You've straightened and smartened everything up. You don't really know what your next move is. You're figuring that out. Mm. And she nips off to hobby craft and you decide to start depicting what is yeah. what is her yeah, depression. How does the story move forward from that? Well, and and where do you get to 93 no's? There's a lot go- so there's a lot going on at that time. And I'm writing a manuscript um, with a very, go- very good friend of mine who's a psychologist called Dr. Peter Hughes. Okay, And, um, and he, he said to me about... Um, you know, you have this you have this intrigue of why you behave the way that you did when you're in Soho and what that you know, that the energy of the of the addiction pushing you. And I said, Yeah, I see it as like um something outside of my body, like uh, this this character that's sort of telling me what to do and giving me this sort of reason to to never give up on drink and drugs and this, you know, this sort of um this life that I was leading at the time. So we put together uh, the story of that time period, which is like a memoir. And as I was doing it, um, I started to realize that uh, a lot of uh, visual interpretations of that time was in my mind. And once I'd, uh, say, created this feeling that I felt about Denise's depression, 
I wanted to then look at sort of a, I suppose, a cathartic exercise to be able to feed through the feelings of Soho and that energy and make it a visual interpretation of what the book created for a reader. So it was for me. And I, and I thought to myself, there's something here. And I was painting and I... I started to think to myself, look, you know, um, this, this story's worth sharing. You know, this story's worth sharing. There's something here. I always knew, I always knew there would be something. And this is, this is absolutely for sure. I knew that I could sell the work I was creating. I never had a doubt in my mind. But I know you didn't. And that was what I always found quite remarkable. Mm. Is this, this Never it, had a doubt. No, never. Com complete conviction. You've got to remember that Lincoln before as well, years before I met him, was um, left school with no exams. His dad died when he was 14 years old. His dad was only 40, 40, 42 years old, like that. The family didn't have anything. And Lincoln had to leave school to look after his mum, help look after his mum, who's worked all her life, Jen, you know Jen, has worked all her life to look after her and his younger brother. So basically, any kind of creative impulse or or, or desires were not, it was a case of, I've got to earn money. Now, yeah. I'm 40, and I'm saying, right, okay, I'm going to go out, and I'm going to put some canvases in a suitcase, and I'm going to walk up and down where all the places are. I sort of Google searched some, some galleries, and I went and buzzed buzzers and knocked on doors. And the thing what happened was, is really interesting, um, is that um, I, I knew... I'd always been told, and I'd always had this in my mind, uh, especially when I used to train people to sell when I worked in the automotive industry, was that um, is that uh, one of the first things when I was interviewing people would go to me, people would go to me, yeah, and I got four A-levels, and I got this, and I, you know, I'm looking at them, and, 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 I, and then I always remember, um, the. this is a very short story, but I will tell it because it's very important. It stayed with me for a very long time. When I got interviewed for my job, my boss said to me, who's still alive what, and in the kicking, motor trade? yeah, John Collins, yeah. who's a very good friend of ours, um, and he was 10 years older than me, so I was 20, he was 30. I walked in, and he said to me, <clears throat> all right, sit down. He said, how many points have you got in your license? I said, very proudly. I went, I have no points on my license. I've got a clean license. And he turned to the guy that had got me in for the interview for the job and said, Mick, he's got no points on his license. He isn't a salesman. Get rid of him. <laughs> Why? Because the point being is, is that if you don't put yourself out there and sort of push boundaries and express yourself and get out there and you know earn some earn some points, as, as John put it, you've got to earn points on your license. I want you to be speeding to job to job. I want Maybe you to be it's selling a good vans. Thing that I always you know, have so I would. Many I, on my I was I was wet enough behind the ears at twenty to think to myself, well, when I say I've got no points on my license, yeah. he's going to take me on. No, he's not that interested anymore because he's he read into me. He read that this guy. He doesn't take enough chances. Grit and determination, optimism and hard work can outweigh tal uh, it can, can can outweigh Acad academic, a achievement. ac academic achievements. Yeah. So that's 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 my belief. That's my belief that you can get someone who's extremely academic in a certain area, but um, in some cases it's very hard for them to express how it works. And that's what I found in the art world very quickly. I found that when I was going to talk to people, it was all about well. You know what? What are you even doing here? That—that's what that was. That was the best one. Not just knocking and then showing a painting and them looking at me. You know, like where did you train? Why what, are you here? What are you even? Yeah. What are you even doing here? Do you understand where you are? And I was like, yeah, I'm, I just I've got a painting. I want to sell it. And, and we you know, know and there was, was a rumor going around Mayfair going. Have you had that odd London guy come yeah, in here with his paintings? He tried <laughs> to hand me a manuscript for a book. This was some. This was some. I mean, I've I've heard these over the years. But the point being is, is that I kept knocking. 
And this is where 93 Nose comes into it. You know, that was that was the amount of times I'd had in emails back. When I'd emailed, um, you know, this is before you you could, you could, at this time you could email companies. So I was emailing galleries, some wouldn't get back to me, but I was sending out, you know, 20, 30 emails a day. And in the end, I worked out, I said to a friend of mine, just flippantly in a conversation, I've had 93 galleries say no to me. And that just stuck. And I wrote it on my garage wall, 93 no's. And I just thought, right, that's the figure. 93 no's. If I can find, I looked at it like this. I've always said to my salesman, when I used to go out in the car with my salesman, I used to be 27 years old. Some of these salesmen used to be in their 50s. And I used to say to them, we, today we're going to look forward to a no because it's going to get us closer to a yes. As long as you understand that's the way I think and I work, we're going to get on very, very well. But we're going to knock on doors until we get someone God, saying, I yes, I want some hands. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it, and that's the mindset. And what's yeah. happened is, what's happened is, and this is why it's... But a, how did you turn those no's to a yes with well, all those art galleries? No, no, because no. So, that is such uh, a ring-fenced community. It, very much so. so and you, a lot so, of snobbery in that. Right, oh, so massive. first of all, first of all, you've got to look at it like this, right? If you can't infiltrate a world, okay, that's already existing, you've got to create your own, okay? It's like anything, okay? So if you want to be able to say, right, okay, I want to be in the art world, well, I better create my own art world, and I better do things different. I look at it like this, and this is how I stand today, and this is what I always say to many, many artists who follow me on Instagram and get back to me on all of the things that I put out, even on my YouTube channel, and it's like this. There's 12 months in the year. A gallery looks after probably 40 to 50 artists, okay? Therefore, when are you going to be able to get your solo show? Okay, there's going to be many, many artists listening to this, and it's, this is a fact. Okay, so if you are looking after 40, 50 as, as you know, an art agent or a gallery, you've got to then work out, okay, in your group shows, who are you going to be able to get involved in working with you? So you can't be exclusive to them. But what art galleries will say to you is, we want you exclusively to sell your work through us. Well, my rebuttal on that is, well, you're not, excuse, you're not exclusive to me. Why should I be exclusive to you? And that's why I have many agents around the world. And I say this, if I create a piece of artwork, it's first come, first serve. Okay. Now you know well, you can say that now that they're going for a million quid a pop. No, I get that. Without well, that, that in the beginning, them, not, not, not all of them. But no, but the, the point being <laughs> is this: is a, a good <laughs> back then, back then when they were saying no, I thought right, okay, and I, I will, I will, right, I've got to get back to the drawing board as such, you know. And I knocked on one door, and a guy said to me, his name's uh, Tot Taylor. So he's, he's in the art world. He's like, um, Turned out he lived opposite of... McGiff in the flats in Kilburn. No, you're joking. Yes. And, uh, and he, he, at the time, was one of the directors of The Rifle Maker. And he said to me, oh, um, yeah, I got your book you sent me. He said this, uh, you know, pretty crazy book. Because he was on Beak Street, just on the outside of Soho. And he said to me, I'll tell you what. I've got a show coming down in about a month. I will rent you my space for four days over that weekend where we take that show down, then we start the next show. You've got the, you got the rifle maker for four days. And, uh, you know, yeah, I'll show you your work. Why not? And so I thought, great. Now that, you know, so he was probably number 94. The point being is, is that he didn't want to represent me. He wouldn't represent me, number one, okay? But he was giving me an opportunity to take the space. Therefore, I've got to do my own PR and promotions on and being point, open for those four and you days. Because we went down, everybody yeah. went down. 
And yeah. it was tiny, wasn't it? Yeah, tiny space. Yeah, tiny, tiny, space. Yeah. I tiny space. Yeah, Beak tiny space. Yeah, yeah Beak Street, yeah. yeah. In Soho. Yeah. Back to your original stomping ground. Yes. But with a yeah. very, very different agenda. Yeah, absolutely. He and also then I, and then used I had his a, PR skills and then as well. I, Remember, yeah. not just the sales, but PR skills as well. And then I had to pull in all of my, you know, I had to pull in all my favours to get people down. I had to uh, create, uh, you know, some form of, you know, um, a story behind me. Why was I there? What was I doing? You know, that sort of thing. So I thought to myself, right, okay, so. He was spinning. I, he was a spin you know, doctor. I stayed. I stayed in a really shabby little hotel um, oh God, on, Oxford, on Street. Oxford Street. It was like twenty-three pound a night, <laughs> uh, and it was a load of Irish biz- builders in the other rooms, and you had a room you shared the toilets and all the rest of it. And I said to Den, "This is great because this is what it's about for me. I wanted to be like on 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 my sort of knees, about to get up, and I wanted it to be that I actually, you know, I had that um, surrounding." that I wanted to just, you know, gain momentum and make something out of this opportunity over these four days. Goes back to the hunger, right? Well, yeah. Absolutely. And you've got to remember that by him being a, by him being a sort of, I I use the word maverick artist, you know, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of, so many people follow Lincoln now and they want to know how he does it and they want to know how it sells because one of the things that I get really angry about in the art world, but I also get angry about it in my world as well, in the acting world, is when people say, oh, it's not about the money. It's like, it's not just about the money, but it is about the money, Kate, because how else do we make any? So all the people that would go to him, oh, it's not about the money, Lincoln. It's like, well, who's going to give me some then? Mm. Of course, and, and artists, young artists have been terrified over the years because of all these dinosaurs in the art world who say, oh, it's not about the money. It's not if daddy if daddy supports you and pays for yeah, everything. But what if you're the bill payer? But yeah. if you're the bill payer, it is about the money. So he said, I love to paint. I love what I do. I'm a bloody good artist. But also, you've got to buy them. There's no point having rooms full of, 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 of art if nobody wants to buy but it. you'll know that from your own work. Matt, Matty would have been through that in the music industry with the 1975s. So I'll come on and do this and support but this Matty's band. But Matty's like the mm. NME yeah, now with Matty. You know, the NME, they voted them worst band in 2014. Now the NME say that they are the best band that has ever lived in any band that's ever been in the universe of life <laughs> on Mars and, 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 and everywhere. But they were, they were rebels at the beginning because they didn't fit into a particular genre and people couldn't put them in there. Mm. And that's what it is with Lincoln. He has people trying to sabotage him and all sorts of things, mm. you know, but he, but he keeps going on his, own, on his own path. I love that determination to never hear no. And actually, when you map your story back, Link, and you understand that it started out with being the man of the house at 14 because your dad was no longer there and learning how to, to turn a buck Mm. in a sales role and that continues today but it's underpinned by something that has been a great therapy for you inspired by your your love for Denise mm. I think in so many ways yeah my art talks for me yeah. it, and that's what I'm trying to do more of I'm trying to make it that the, the shows I'm more now getting involved in I've got at the moment like today I'm opened and in Art Miami, in Miami. I've just finished... Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, like, you, listen, you two have been all over the world. You're in Hollywood, you're in Los Angeles, you're in Brisbane, mm. Vienna. We're so international. Vienna Venice. 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 Sorry, yeah, Venice Biennale. This, that's just closed down. Next year, I'm, I'm opening in a, in a museum in, in Seoul, uh, in Korea. You know, that's a two-month public show. So that's in, the, that's in a museum. So I'm starting to work with museums because museums are going more contemporary. You know, it's, mm. the, it's you know, it's, it's, uh, it's something that um, public uh, interest 
is more to do with looking at, uh, you know, uh, new art, you know, post-war and that sort of thing. And that's something that they're very interested in. And obviously, I am very much into being able to make a living, sustain a living from creativity. Most of what we like to do is stay home and watch real-life crime. <laughs> Under so a blanket. it may sound like we have this jet-set life, which, of course, there, there are times that we do. But our main hobby, isn't it, darling, is yes, watching... We, um, Dateline. We, we do like Dateline because we Date. don't get that here. We have to get on YouTube. Yeah, but in the states you have a different. And I know when oh, you go yeah. to Los Angeles, Dent really tries to keep her social diary down, which is hard for her. It flies in the face of everything she believes. Yeah. So she can watch more American yeah, crime. The mayor of oh Los Angeles. God. I mean, <laughs> I am the mayor of Los Angeles, and it's hard because we have to finish everything by six at night yeah. to get back for the double Dateline's on between eight or ten. No, it's eight to oh, ten. Eight to ten. <laughs> in Los Angeles, <laughs> we just swap sofas. I we fly to it. the other side of the world and swap sofas. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. But we've, we've gone un- unconventionally for uh, white wine questions. I'm, we, we, I've not bothered with the first two questions because because the conversation that naturally unfolded. It's because there's no white wine as well. No, it's, it was just was just too interesting to to be percolating with with questions. But I do have one question that I'd love to cover off with you both. Um, a kind of a review of your time together so far. Um, if there was a trip advisor for married life, can you talk me through what your review? of your marriage would be thus far? Wow. Well, it can be as well. Yeah, five as stars. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In every area. No. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, well, exciting, yeah. exciting. The other more. word is, I think, exciting a lot of the time. You know, we... My main word is interesting because from very early on, even in our dark times, when, just like now, listening to Lincoln talking, I am interested in everything he Mm. says. And Lincoln can come back and tell me a story about something that the actual subject matter is of no interest to me. But he'll make it interesting. He will make it interesting. I want to hear, if he came back and said, there was this napkin on Kate's table today. In in essence, you'd zone out, but actually he's really interesting. So I think our marriage is is exciting, it's interesting. It's It's funny. Oh, funny. It's so funny. Funny. You, two, funny. you two have a lot of fun. Funny. It's funny. It's it's caring. Mm. Um, it's it's full of 
activity, but there are also massive periods of downtime. We we love we work hard, but we are incredibly good at relaxing. And Lincoln has taught me, not just because I'm 15 years older than him, he has taught me to stop feeling guilty about doing nothing. But I was talking recently to our old um, pal, well, current pal, but we've known her a long time, Kay Adams. Yeah. Our, our loose woman pal. And I was saying to Kay, you know, do you ever just have a duvet day? And she said, oh, my God, no. I would die, she said. She's not Irish, she's Scottish. But um, <laughs> she said... Um, she, she said that she couldn't. She would have to find a cupboard to clean or she'd have to do something. I don't do that anymore. If I want to have a duvet day or a sloth day, as Lincoln calls it, just on the sofa with my sloth blanket that makes me look like that sloth off the DFS advert, yeah. um, I will do that now without feeling any guilt because I need that because I use a lot of energy to fight my illness sometimes because we're busy up and down the country. And um, so I think that... You know, our TripAdvisor thing would also include relaxation time together, not just doing things together. If we go on holiday, we don't have to do. We may not see all of the churches. We may be the world's worst tourists, but um, but we, we enjoy just relaxing and doing nothing together, don't we? We're very comfortable in each other's mm. company. But also really supportive, I would say, of each I other's think so. ambitions for, 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 for each other. You know, when, mm. when Lincoln... What I loved was when Lincoln said, I want to become an artist. In much the same way as you had done with Matty, actually, with the band. You didn't go, don't be ridiculous, that's not a proper job, pull yourself I've together. I've never done that. You've never done that. I've never done but that. But look at what that support has encouraged by way of creative output. 1975 and Lincoln Townley. You, you know, you've, you've, you've brought two great no, I, artists up. I totally up. agree, yeah. And, I think, and that's yeah. what you're brilliant at, Den. You, you raise people up. But sometimes you need somebody that will hold you up. There was something innate inside me that I knew that this man was for me. When everything else was going, if I'd been watching this on one of my 90 Day Fiancé shows that I love, the red flags <laughs> would have been like, you know, people outside the house waving red flags, sticking them <laughs> through the kitchen window. And I would have been going, get out, run! But there was something in me that just knew that this man was worth fighting for and that there was a passion in him that was going to result in something. I didn't know it was art, because at that time I'd only seen his two David Hockney copies. That you know, I didn't know that this would be his career path, but I just knew that there would be something. But you've always trusted him. And I've always trusted him, yeah. yeah. And actually, at a time when, in your life, there was huge reasons for, for you to be cynical and untrusting of people because I know you had some pretty toxic people around you. I did, yeah. Who are no longer there. Yeah, I did. Um, in, in, in that, in, I did. In that, and and, and you, you cleared that out. Yeah. And it wasn't it, about money. You trusted Lincoln from the get-go. Well, I did. And also because, you know, I've always been pretty rubbish with money and I'd had made some disastrous decisions and everything. So it wasn't about, you know... The, uh, m meeting someone, it, it's great now that Lincoln is doing well, but you know, it, it, at the time, we, we kind of started from brass tacks, didn't we? Really, yeah, Lincoln, we did, at, the, yeah. at, at the at the beginning, mm. you know. Well, you were, yeah, um, you were literally starting over. Absolutely, and and even my dad, who is like a dad to Lincoln, which is fantastic. I do, you know, m my mother-in-law has filled a place in my heart that my mum left seven years yeah. ago. I get a bit choked up saying that. And similarly oh. with my dad, with Lincoln, which, who knew? Not everybody's going to get gonna get on, you know, especially with my dad who, you know, Lincoln meets and he's, he dresses up as a woman and wants to out-party everybody and get off with you, you know? <laughs> 
So Vin is now what? 80, 83. 83. Uh, Vin is, well, just Google Vin Welsh or <coughs> Raquel Welsh, as he's known is in his drag persona. He is... Well, Do you remember when after Lincoln's last ex exhibition the other month when you just rang me at 10.30 at night and we'd lost dad and you just went, hi, darling, Matt and I have got your dad. What do you want us to do, do with him? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you went, oh, oh, um, oh, don't send him here. Don't send him here. Don't send him to you. No. And Matt was so... Send him to Stevens. Yeah. Well, Matt was so enthralled by your dad. I and know. In the end, I said, Finn, I'm going to have to put you in an Uber only because I've got a babysitter oh. that's got school tomorrow. Otherwise, Matt would have stayed out all night with him. Blimey. Your dad, I'm sure that will happen. But your dad is... He's a force of nature. He really is. He's wonderful. And he loves Link. But the point I was going to make was that prior to... Lincoln proposed to me in Nice. And Lincoln remembers that he wanted to ask Dad. You know, he wanted to do it properly. Uh. And he said that my dad, who'd always shown Lincoln nothing but support and love, but he said to him, can I just ask you, Lincoln, what are you going to do? And Lincoln said it always resonated with him. That's a really yeah. grown-up question for Vin to ask. It is a grown-up question. Not, not because but he's I not grown-up, but he's, he never goes into the serious normally. He didn't, but I think he knew. You know, bearing in mind, I'm 15 years older than Lincoln. Mm. He knew that I didn't... I, I want to work forever. Actresses don't really stop. But he wanted me to be in a position where I could take my foot off the pedal yeah. and not be the sole breadwinner. You know, obviously I wasn't the sole breadwinner in my previous marriage, but you know what yes, I mean? Yes, I know what you mean. Like I say, I'd made some pretty dire investments. I, 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 I've not been great with all of that. Um, I, I've got financial phobia, which apparently is an illness if you Google it. You and, just um, can't talk about you money. You can't talk about money. You, can't, you, can't but, um, you can no, spend it, but you can't, can't talk, talk about, about it. No. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, and, and so my dad, you know, obviously was concerned because... He, what, did you, what did you say to that, Link? And Nobody I, could be prouder but I of said, him than you my know, dad. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes and continue what I'm doing and grow other things. Did you ever dream that the pair of you would be here talking in the tongues that you are now about the experiences that are under your belt? I mean, what an incredible turnaround mm. you've you've made of your lives and mm. your relationship. Sobriety is the best um, is the best thing. You know, you realise that you're, you know, even people who aren't as direly poorly with it as, 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 as I was, realise that you are working on such a small percentage of your capacity. Yeah, you're full you potential. Really, you really are. And that's people who just drink socially, mm. you know. I um, I don't batter alcohol, but, you know, my favourite quote of the moment is that alcohol is the only drug that you have to, um, that you have to apologise for not taking. Yeah, it's very you true. You know, everything's about, it's a, a cheeky little wine, it's a, you know, a chilled glass of Prosecco, it's wine o'clock somewhere in the world, you know, it's one of the most dangerous drugs. And, uh, and it's, the, you know, certainly from a, from a relationship point of view, it's a very, very, very dangerous drug. And it's something that we should uh, monitor and look more closely at, I think, really, you know. But um, we're just glad that it's out of our lives. And people say, well, can you, you know, it's Christmas coming up. Can you be around alcohol? It's like, well, you're around alcohol every day. Every, every shop you go day, in, yeah. you know, you're around it. All we can't be around now is really drunk people because we want to punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear, yes. <laughs> oh dear. Right, okay. And on that <laughs> note, it's true. No, I get it. I totally understand. We were together a couple of weekends ago in Manchester. We, I was working with you at your ball. Uh, I didn't drink, you didn't drink. The moment it was over, all we could do, we couldn't wait to escape. Do, escape, get upstairs. Absolutely, get escape. my shoes off. Shoes off, cup of tea. 
sit in my bed with a packet of shortbread from the from the hotel and read my book. Oh my yep, god, it's right. all we want. Rock you know. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Kate. No, thank the you. The one Kate. thing I would say though is, yes, sobriety has been the game changer for you, but you would never have got sober had you not fallen in love. So I will always consider your recovery to be one of the greatest love stories that I know. Thank you. And I think that's wonderful. Great. Continued Thank success you. next year, Link. Thank you. You don't need it then because you just rock and roll every year. I just rock and roll every year, sober, whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. So, sober, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to check out Lincoln's uh, work, please do. Just Google him. All his good works are up there. The Icon series, uh, you can look at his artwork online. There's an app coming next year. And and thank you for sharing all of that with us. It's been, it's Great. been my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Kate. Thank we you, Kate. Cheese, uh, come back to mine for a fish pie sometime soon, yeah? Fabulous. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, thank <laughs> you so much for listening to White Wine Question Time. Uh, as always, it's been produced by me, Kate Thornton, alongside this week, Caitlin Mercer and Callum, our new producer thank you, Callum. at Yahoo. As always, our music's been provided by Andy Bell. You can find his good works with Ride and Oasis on all your usual music outlets. That's it from us for this week. We'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.